podcast listener. Set your podcast to maximum podcast. You have 15 seconds to comply. You now have 10 seconds to comply. (laughs) That's right. You're listening to America's most compliant podcast, The Pod People. I'm Matisse Van Ross. I'm here to remind you that all cops are robots. I'm Ben Sheets. And I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> that peaked like a motherfucker. Yeah, I was about that. <laughs> Good. I'm sure, our listeners love all that. Uh, hi, I'm Cleveland Mosier, and dead or alive, you're coming with me. Dead or alive, you're coming with Cleve. That's right. <laughs> I'd put that on a t-shirt and buy I'd it for buy a dollar. That for a dollar. Fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Quit harassing our listeners. That's gonna be that's gonna be the next that's gonna be the next hour of this podcast. Well, it was Cleveland's pick this week, and Cleveland picked uh, motherfucking RoboCop, motherfucking RoboCop, and it was awesome. The Paul Verhoeven classic from 1987. That's the year that that came out, and I had to look that up real quick. Not really a horror movie, but whatever. It's fucking RoboCop. It's gratuitous man. as fuck. It's gratuitous. It is. It is essentially like, a, well, quote, modern retelling of Frankenstein. The the veneer isn't horror, but it's horror. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, just like most Paul Verhoeven movies of the late '80s and early '90s, um, it is you know extremely gratuitous in its violence, very yeah, over the top. It is. <laughs> yeah. This was my my first full uh, Robo cop viewing what you think i mean i thought it was fucking awesome like of course like i don't think that comes doesn't even come as a surprise to me i mean i'm a big fan of like total recall and starship troopers and stuff so robocop was just one that was on my wall of shame that i hadn't seen before so i can take that one down now i feel like this movie is aged like a fine wine finest wine man like the the satire feels like so prescient well like like all Paul Verhoeven movies in the current day and age, the satire barely even feels like satire yeah. anymore. M- much like how many of Jules Verne's sci-fi inventions inevitably became real, you know, submarines, etc. Yeah. Like, Verhoeven's satire has just sort of become reality. Yeah. And I mean, like, this movie still looks great. The effects are yeah. phenomenal. So good. Even today, like... I think this movie holds up so well. Like, if it released last year, it would be just as good as if it released when it released. Well, lest we forget, they did uh, do a remake of this movie several years ago. They did. That Cleveland has seen. The only one of us who has seen that. More on that later. Yeah. We'll we'll dig into that in a bit. Let's let's dig into this movie. Let's uh, let's get into the deets. Dig into RoboCop. So this one's starring Peter Weller. Yes, it is. Yes. Um, in a career-defining role, I would say. Yes. Sometimes I get... Absolutely. Real talk, sometimes I get Peter Weller and James Woods mixed up in terms of, like, facial structure. They look kind of similar. They do look kind of similar. Yeah. yeah. They're they're both kind of narrow-faced white guys with prominent cheekbones and uh, luscious lips. Though Peter Weller <laughs> kind of had the good ending. Yes, well. Uh, James, James Woods has become bad a bad well, ending. Oh, you know what? An even oh, worse right crank. Yeah. And then we have another worse ending, which is I was recently watching Panos Cosmatos's uh, short on the cabinet uh, of 
curiosities. Yeah, the uh, viewing. The viewing. Also and starring Peter, Peter Weller. Weller, yeah. And in that, he looks kind of like David Carradine. Oh, yeah. I can see I that, can too. See Speaking that of too. bad endings. Yeah. <laughs> Arguably the worst ending. I think I think it's super dope. I did want to mention the viewing because it's super cool. Uh, that you know, Panos Cosmatos' whole deal is that the '80s aesthetic, and that they were they were able to land like Peter Weller is like the main sort of character. Yeah, well, I mean, the in that. the viewing is not '80s at all. It is like so '70s. Well, it's, but it is. I watched it again uh, two nights ago. It's specifically 1979. So right, but in terms of its visual style and its visual language, it's like all films of the '70s. Yeah, I mean, you know, tomato, tomato. It's yeah. I mean, you're right, but give me a little. I uh, I don't think your point is wrong, but yeah, I mean, Beyond yeah. the Black Rainbow. I also re- I watched Beyond the Black Rainbow for the first time recently. Did, did enjoy it, uh, and then I saw you see that one. Yeah, it's, it's been a Panos yeah. Cosmatos week. I've been going through all of his stuff. Um, the the interesting thing, you know, to pull it full circle is I feel like RoboCop is certainly stylish, but it doesn't scream like. 80s to me it doesn't feel really? like dated specifically to the 80s in a particular way i disagree i think the business culture stuff is very like 80s business cocaine stuff it's but all i feel like, like that's like happening even today yeah well, well, that has, i mean thematically it's that happening just hasn't today, but, changed. but aesthetically like 80s wall street just has like that like really particular like vibe to it i love the parasitic nature of the corporate it's so good all the corpo stuff is where like one of the early scenes we get from them is the guy introducing the ed 209 yes and that scene is incredible probably the most famous scene in the movie like even having never seen the movie i've seen that the introduction of ed 209 yeah and you know the premise if you haven't seen this movie which Obviously, if you were if you were like me, if you were like me living under a rock, obviously we would all recommend you to see this. Of course, but you know, Classic. like you've probably already seen this scene, so it's not going to be a big spoiler. But uh, the Ed Two Hundred Nine says, you know, drop the weapon. You have fifteen seconds to comply. They're doing a demo. They yeah, give yeah, one yeah, of they give one of the the. the the corporate guys at the at the boardroom table they're like here take this gun and point it at him in a threatening manner we'll show how you show you how how good the robot is at de-escalating the situation right they're demoing their new product to the board they're saying hey this is going to be the new thing that makes our company more millions of dollars it's called ed 209 and it's our police force robot ed stands for enforcement droid yeah enforcement droid uh 209 and the doors open and a giant stop-motion robot comes in. It's super fucking great. And they say, here, yeah, take... Here, intern, take this fake gun. And they hand him the fake gun, and the thing is, the thing turns on him and whips out its machine guns. Is like, you have ten seconds to comply, and then it does like a jaguar roar. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> not, it's not an intern; it's an executive. Yeah, it's one of the executives. And yeah. One of the one of my favorite details of that scene is while he's getting fucking shot to smithereens, which we see in detail. And it's amazing. Goes like, on for like ten, fifteen seconds. Yeah, it's so it's so excessive. Viscera, I love it. it's awesome. But they, it cuts away to one of the execs sitting at the table, and he's like grinning and smiling at it because you know he's thinking, "Oh, I can fill that spot. You know, I can become an executive now." Yeah, uh, yeah. Miguel Ferrar uh, is is that character. It's, he's got kind of a. Uh, uh, a business um, 
feud with like the number two at the company like yeah. he wants his position so the ed 209 thing is the is the other guy dick jones they make lots of dick jokes because he's an asshole in this yeah. one but the ed 209 is his thing so when that de- the demonstration fails so spectacularly Miguel Ferrar is like, okay, I can get in on this and and unveil my new RoboCop initiative. Yeah, well, and like the the whole idea that these are you know private police contractors essentially yeah. uh, feels so precious <laughs> again. Yeah. Like that's something that just is a thing, especially now. More so than when this movie came out. Yeah, they come in and they just buy up the entire police force and equip them with, like, highly militarized gear. And, well, they're ultimately... Definitely would never happen in real life. Right. Well, their whole plan is to uh, essentially gentrify Detroit into a sort of wealth haven. Mm-hmm. By creating this, like, downtown district full of, like, skyscrapers. Delta City, yeah. Yeah. And they call the existing city, old. they already refer to it as Old Detroit, and it's mm-hmm. a lost cause, you know, it's totally crime-ridden, so that's why they have these initiatives to bring in these robotic uh, police units who never sleep, who are cold and compassionless, and can do the enforcement part of law enforcement, hence the enforcement drone it's, 209. You know, it's, a, it's a real shame that, like, yeah, that, that idea of uh, Detroit just becoming, like, a, a barren husk of a city uh, it isn't really relevant anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real shame. Yeah, yeah we, certainly, we, well certainly, huh? <laughs> we certainly never see depictions of Detroit in uh, horror movies anymore. Mm-hmm. Certainly no movies that we've ever talked about on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's certainly not It Follows yeah. or Barbarian or... You know, or uh, Don't Breathe or Don't or Breathe, breathe <laughs> too. There's so many. Yeah, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. yeah. This, this movie well, was I mean, like it's, two it's decades, per- three decades yeah. out of the curve. Verhoeven, like, was obviously, like, so smart to, to set this movie in Detroit. Like, it's the perfect setting for oh, this. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also, it's also perfect because, like, Detroit falling or not, it's always been, like the automotive city of industry right right so i mean it used to be one of the country's wealthiest cities Mm -hmm. you know so like it's fall into into what it what it is now you know is like really like the one of america quote-unquote america's greatest failings right yeah and um and of course like when it when it grew it grew because you know in the middle of nowhere because it was it was a tech thing like even then, you know, with with like like the automotive industry, that was a tech industry, and it, it's the same here. It's just it's Robotech instead. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I, I really like that. Yeah, everything has become corporatized. It highlights uh, how bad like corporatizing the police or prisons or whatever is um, with super satire in a way that doesn't feel doomery. Like the movie never says what I just did. Like I sound. When when you talk about RoboCop, you you sound more like a doomer than the movie presents itself as. Like it's it's so fucking hard, especially like in twenty fucking twenty three, to talk about this subject matter without like just feeling really tired. And this movie, even for now, I think does such well, a phenomenal job like framing it as entertainment Ro- and making yeah. it like 
and not making like it doesn't bring me down watching this movie. But even also, it's like, like, oh, this is all just real. But also, like, even outside of the entertainment aspect of it, like RoboCop is ultimately a story of redemption, right? And yeah. mm-hmm. and the the strength uh, of the human spirit and its ability to triumph over. Uh, o- over the cynical nature of reality and capitalism yeah. well, and, I, and, I and machines. One of the like, reasons this movie and most of Verhoeven's, you know, 80s and 90s oeuvre as a whole work so well is because, you know, you can enjoy it on a base level and let all the satire and stuff go over your head and just enjoy it. And it's for fun the for what it is, action. yeah. You know, I was talking to a coworker of mine, and he said he hadn't seen RoboCop since he was a kid, and he loved it as a kid. But he said that all the the satire and messaging went over his head. As but he should. loved it yeah. when he was a kid too, and like it makes total sense. You know, like the action scenes are so great, and like mm-hmm. just work so well on its own. It it might be my like favorite. I think it is my favorite example of a film working on both levels seamlessly and you know like the the intellectual side of it which isn't that deep sure but still like there is the commentary there, there is still stuff there in no way interferes with the action hardcore mm-hmm. viewing like there's there's no like you can have your cake and eat it too there's no reason for you to like you can you can be academic about stuff you can get into that and also just make a good entertaining film and a lot of films like I mean, I would argue not. that those well, are the that. best, are consistently the best movies. Yeah, yes. there, there, was a, there was an interview with Harmony Korine where he was talking about infiltrating the mainstream, is what he called it. Mm. Where, like, no matter what the audience is, you meet them at their level. Yes. To find enjoyment. So you can find enjoyment of something like Spring Breakers on a basic level. Or you could look at it more intellectually or academically and get more out of it that way, too. Same yeah. with Beach Either that way is yeah. perfectly valid. And I think that's why Robocop and Verhoeven's movies work so well, is because they, they bridge both audiences. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk a lot on this podcast about a smart person making a dumb movie. Yes. And this is, like, a great example of it because, like... On its base, like, the idea of cyborg cop is a dumb idea. Robocop. But it's done very intelligently to the point where there's a lot to think about and a lot to really kind of dig into there. And, I mean, I still think even in in this movie, like... The character of RoboCop is goofy as fuck. Oh, intentionally yeah. so. Yeah, yes. yeah he is goofy. There's an element of camp to the w- almost all yeah, of Bearhope. The way he movie. moves, the way he talks, the way he looks. Let's talk about like suit. it's it's cartoonish, but it's it's done so well. It's done so well, and it's done like the the cartoon aspects are are clearly done with intent, mm-hmm. right? Like they when they make RoboCop in the film, they make him as these kind of crazy executives who want to sell this next product. He looks like a toy action figure. Yes. Because this is the 80s. This is like the height of like action figures. Transformers right? mania. Hasbro, Hasbro, Hasbro. Like they are like your, get your Optimus Primes, get your fucking, get your Legos, get your fucking, you know, all of it. Like this is uh, your Gundams. Like this is the era of peak action figure action figures. And uh, he looks like one. 
He, yeah, he's a and, life-size and, action and figure. And he moves like one. But you know what's cool about RoboCop? I was noticing this. And another thing that's aged, I think, really well is before watching RoboCop, I was watching videos of, you know, the those Boston Dynamics compilations they put out? Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, like, I was watching, like, a more recent one, and I was thinking about it, and the way that the robots, like, they their, their current ones that are, like, bipedal run and, like, do backflips and stuff now yeah. looks exactly like how Peter Weller moves in this movie. Kind of, like, yeah. Like, it's, it is stiff, but there is, like, it does still almost feel like there's a human piloting it. Because they're starting to adapt, like, human motions to some degree. Yeah. And it and it's, like... And Peter Weller's, like, movement in this, it, it feels like a robot-human hybrid. Like, there is a little bit of, like, ease at times. And um, it's he isn't just doing, like, the robot, you know, while he moves. There, it, It's just right, I think. And, you know, Peter Weller's, like, mouth performance, you know, can get plenty of praise <laughs> or whatever... But his, his, like, figure work, I mean, like his, his, his body acting is really good in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the, the physicality is is perfect. Like, he does feel more machine than man. And to just be a person in a big rubber suit, because that's what it is, it it's it's effective. It's believable. I, I do want to, while you're talking about the, the Boston Dynamics robots, because yeah. I, I was thinking, I mean, it's impossible to watch this movie now and not yeah. think about those because like, especially like the Ed 209 yes. scene is like, that is, I think just as prescient as the rest of the film is, but something that just hasn't happened yet. The second you fucking strap a gun on one of those fucking Boston Dynamics robots <laughs> and put a real person in front of him that is going to happen <laughs> yeah well and much like the boston dynamics stuff with ed 209 it finds its fate when you put it in reality in yes. this case a staircase yeah you know? really jumping ahead but one of my favorite aspects of the <laughs> film is the is that ed 209 is ultimately defeated by stairs because it can't walk downstairs <laughs> but like you watch those Boston Dynamics so things, funny. and like it's always just a very clinical setting. Yeah, you know they don't like very very controlled environments. Yeah. That being said, like you do see a lot of the videos of them like competing in obstacle courses oh, and yeah. shit. No, they can do it's like now. I know th- I know those you motherfuckers so? can do. I know those motherfuckers can do stairs now, but there is they that can do, like, get, there like, is that clips and like they can do like weird obstacle courses and shit now. There know? is that that same aspect to it though where like especially when like those robots really like first started being manufactured like a few years ago when the technology was more crude all the videos you just see of people just like Hitting kicking them, them over, kicking them over, yeah. and shit yeah. like that, and and stuff. the and the Ed two hundred nine tumbling down the stairs and landing on its back like a turtle and flailing around and squealing like a pig. So is oh, yeah. like it it has that same energy of somebody just like kicking over one of those hapless Boston Dynamics dogs. One of the things I love about Ed two hundred nine is like how upfront they are about the sound effects. Like it's not it isn't. <laughs> squeal like a pig it's pig squeals like when it falls down the stairs like there's like servo sounds beneath it also but it's just well yeah of course it's pig squeals it's a cop (laughs) ah um uh yeah all all cops are ed and uh all cops are robots (laughs) um a a carb uh (laughs) 
it's great. I, I love I love Ed Two Hundred Nine. I love stop motion. I think I think that scene. The stop motion is so good. It's so in good. this movie. And the it holds up so, and especially that's the biggest part. There's like three layers. The compositing. Of, like there's yeah. people moving behind it and in front of it, like in in yep. certain scenes, and it's it's to this day seamless. We were watching like an HD like version of it too that we were streaming. Um, and, like, so, like, the picture was really clear. Like, mm-hmm. clearer than it was ever designed to be viewed. And even still, like, fucking seamless. Um, I mean, played on a movie. Well, speaking of, screen, we, like, we did, one yeah, thing is, like in, normally, we, we go out of our way to get the movie on, um, we, we get the movie in some format to, like, watch all the way through. But this time, like, yeah. our, our normal viewing means uh, failed <laughs> us. Do. So we had to watch the movie on, was it Tubi? No, we watched it on Amazon, but it's, it's like... Freebie. And, yeah, Freebie, freebie. whatever okay, the so fuck Amazon that is. Amazon with ads. And so this is we like did the, have to watch this movie with ads. It's like the only movie where, where I feel like the ads added to the experience. I think it's the first time we've done this on the podcast here where we yeah. have... Like, in our four or five, like, years without missing an episode or whatever, like, this is like the only time we've watched a movie with ads. And I gotta say, perfect pick for it. Like, this whole movie is about the throes of capitalism. Well, like, and, and, and occasionally getting bombarded with a farm. in it. It has yeah. ads in it. Like, occasionally getting bombarded by, like, a modern pharmaceutical ad kind of enhanced the experience. Well, yeah, because yeah. Pretty, pretty much every time it went to an ad break, the first, the first ad was for... Uh, some pharmaceutical shit. Yeah, and it's like the the timing at which they place the ads, like almost every time it cut to commercial, we laughed out loud. Well, yeah, because it was funny every time. Be, because it does. It's like in a movie like RoboCop, <laughs> just like just like the cut to a, a, an ad that is of course louder than the movie is. So just all of a sudden being screamed at about Crohn's disease. Mo- no, no, most of them just like. I, 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 Honest to God, most of the ads were about an ass cancer medication. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. It was about, like, anal cancer and shit. I was just like, holy shit. We're in the middle of, like, watching RoboCop, and they were just getting, like, bombarded with ass cancer ads. It couldn't have been, like, more poignant. It was great. Yeah. Well, we should talk about the uh, the commercials. Uh, a big element of this movie is TV, yeah. television, whether it's commercials or in-world TV programs. They use it's news. They or use news sitcoms. They use news broadcasts <laughs> as kind of like a Greek chorus in the movie to like set the stage oh, for yeah, like well different. I, I mean, I think well, I think there's. Right. I think there is there. We or get like we get like three. I think three news broadcasts that are like bookended by ads, and it's it's to set up the first, second, and third act of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Each time, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, man. Paul Verhoeven loves starting his movies with an ad. Yeah, like well, I mean, Starship. I know I'm doing my part. He's so good at it. He's so good. He's the, ads, the, best the ads are great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, doesn't. Total Recall start with an ad for like the the Memory Corporation too. I don't remember how it starts. Pro- probably it's it been a long time since I've seen like Total it does start Recall. With an ad also, it's in there. Yeah, I mean I know that there. Yeah, there, it, there's one. Um, but he loves them, and he and mm-hmm. he's so good at them. Yeah, yeah. The ads in this movie are so funny. Like there's one about like a family board game where it's about like nuclear escalation it's called like nukem or something yeah, yeah, like that it is a, yeah nukem it's, it's essentially battleship but with nukes yeah um and like the the kid says something about like the crisis in afghanistan pa- pakistan is threatening my border or something like that. <laughs> yeah. um yeah says the nine-year-old like to his yeah. mom yeah. as he moves a battleship piece that shit again 
fine fucking wine. That's like, so yeah. funny. The, the forever war continues. Like, thank you. Beautiful. We're recording this, like, the same week we just, uh, the, they just used, like, a, a $400 billion jet to shoot down a fucking <laughs> balloon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. The fucking Chinese spy balloon. Oh, yeah. Good night, table. Yeah. Good night, moon. Good night, Chinese spy balloon. <laughs> There it is. But <laughs> <laughs> P- P- Pakistan's threatening my borders. <laughs> oh shit, Timmy! <laughs> time to time to launch the nukes. Yeah. And there's another ad where it's just like uh for um like a pro like an artificial heart, like a-, a mechanical heart, and they're talking about at the end. It's like yeah, you can get this. Uh, you can lease it with uh, all the financing yeah, options. all the financing options yeah. with war it's with so a war dark. with warranties. So I'm just, I'm just like that's not even satire. That's, that's real just, hell. You can just get like a fully artificial heart now, and it's gonna put you into debt for the rest of your life. Yeah. But you need it to like it's just not even a joke. Yeah, I love the the car commercial where it's like a dinosaur. Godzilla oh, yeah. type of monster roaming the streets yeah. and then it like turns into a car and it's like the 6000 SUX. Yeah, this, that's what it is, the 6000 SUX. <laughs> yeah, the Toyota whatever. Um no, that one's great because like the dinosaur is like a cheap stop motion one and it's clearly like um uh oh fuck what's his name? Uh Phil Tippett, you know, just them having like a little like my 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 joke canon is like that they had just a little bit of, like of stop motion budget left over, or he wanted to do like a cheap tri- tribute to the old Ray Harryhausen dinosaurs. Yeah, um, it's really cute. I, I really like that one. Yeah, with the dinosaur rolling. I like that one great. a lot too. Well, um, and also the the six thousand SUX is uh, the car that the the one of the villains drives that Kurtwood Smith drives. Sept- well, two of the villains for a brief moment. <laughs> well, for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> More on that later. Man, Kurtwood but- Smith. Yeah. So good Just in this. Amazing. I hesitate to say he steals the show because everybody is so good in this. Mm-hmm. I feel like everybody steals the show. I feel like he kind of does steal the show because like <laughs> bitches leave. He, bitches leave. The the biggest <laughs> I love that delivery. The biggest gang leader in Detroit is just like a balding middle aged. Is fucking Kurt is fucking Smith. Kurtwood Smith <laughs> and his like six henchmen Mm -hmm. it's so funny they do like they they set him up as like he is like the king of the detroit underworld they're like he runs detroit he's just like a bald guy in glasses and he's just like he's it's fucking red foreman yeah from from that 70s show it's fucking red foreman and like (laughs) six of his henchmen and he's like always doing the jobs like personally you know they're hanging out in like a fucking warehouse it's like this is the king of detroit baby yeah well it's great because like even though like he's just a dude um like just kind of like a white middle-aged guy it's perfect oh yeah because in in, in he still says all the gangster shit in real also because in real life like criminal kingpins are just some dude i know know? it's so good like, oh, and yeah, his his delivery is is it's just perfect. He's great. Yeah, he's. Oh, yeah, it's he, so he, it's so funny. Like all of these years later, it's it's funny and also like kind of I feel like kind of sad that just like the number one association with Kurtwood Smith is Red Foreman. It's like yeah. he's made I, so many great things. I I think I I don't have a problem with that '70s show. I watched lots of it when I was younger. I think it's fine. I think he's good on it. But it's like. 
man, it's like, that's who, when people see him, it's like, oh, it's Red. Not, it's, oh, it's Clarence Boddicker from be, RoboCop. He should be known know? for this. I agree. Uh, during the movie, you told us an amazing story about the bitches leave scene. Can you retell that for our audience? Yes, I, it's I, incredible. I will. I there's there's a video online. You can you can look it up. It's from like the behind the scenes of RoboCop, and one of Kurtwood Smith's best moments is when uh, Miguel Ferrar is like having like a, a cocaine party with these two women at his house, like celebrating his victory over Dick Jones or yeah, his whatever. Robocop project has gone off perfectly without a right. Coach. He's yeah, he, everything's going great. Uh, so he's got these two women over and they're doing a bunch of Coke. Kurtwood Smith comes in and his first line is just bitches leave. It's a great line. And there's a video uh, from behind the scenes uh, where Kurtwood Smith is talking about filming this scene, and he does a great uh, Paul Verhoeven impression, but Verhoeven's Dutch, so he's not a native English speaker, so apparently he did not realize that, like, in English, like, bitch is, like, a really derogatory, like, thing to call somebody normally, (laughs) so the day that they were filming that on set, he was addressing the two actresses as bitches the whole time because he did <laughs> Paul is Dutch and Joost Vacano uh, uh, the cinematographer is German and I don't believe that Paul knew during that evening that bitches was a pejorative term for females we were getting ready to do the scene and so we were kind of blocking it out and Paul says yeah then yeah, Kurtwood says, bitches leave, then the bitches leave, uh, and bitches, uh, then you leave when he says that. And um, then he says, no, wait, bitches, don't leave, wait. Um, Jost, what do you think? Uh, should uh, bitches leave when he says, bitches leave, or should they wait for him to make a motion? Jost goes, mm, the bitches should leave. Yeah, bitches. Bitches, you leave for... <laughs> <laughs> Miguel and I are just sitting there cracking up. And the bitches, they, they didn't seem to have a problem with it at all. You know, they were like, okay, fine, sure. Very good. Thank you, bitches. Very good. That's a wrap on the bitches. Thank you very much, bitches. How you doing? Uh, uh, uh. Bitches, leave. Uh. Gee, Poppy. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Incredible. Oh, man. Man, and to think he went on to to do Showgirls. Showgirls. Yeah. <laughs> How about it? And most recently, Benedetta, which I haven't yeah. seen, but I've heard is is good. I have yet Le- to see it as well. But Les- Lesbian nun sex. Verhoeven, we don't miss. Yeah. Verhoeven, don't miss. The, uh, um, go, uh, talking about the ads, uh, so something I do a lot in my, my, my free time is uh, movie nights in the Dread Discord. I've mentioned it lots of times in the past. And we get we get folks from all over the world. Um, and whenever we watch something on Tubi or Freevee or one of these like with ads programs, uh, the the Europeans are always floored by the pharmaceutical ads. And it was a real paradigm shift for me when uh, the first time that happened because it was like I was watching it with like my buddy. I think it was like Victor. Um, he's a really talented musician. He's he's, he's German. And, uh, you know, like some ass cancer ad comes on or whatever. He says, what is this? <laughs> like, he was like, what, what, what is going on? Like, what, you, what is going, like, what, what is this program? And then, like, uh, uh, I had to explain, like, pharmaceutical ads 
like to them, and it was just like this yeah, is something we grew up with. Like it's so regular for us outside of the U.S. Yeah, and over there, like it's it's, it's illegal. Like yeah. you can't show pharmaceutical ads because well, of, like, it should be illegal here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to mention that it's just yeah more dystopian shit and. Uh... Well, and I think that is something that is I think unique about Verhoeven is that because he's not an American, I think he has a very like keen eye into like a kino eye into what makes America so uniquely dystopian and is able to portray that in such a true, but also like absurdist kind of way. Because well, I think he yeah. does that so well in all of his movies. That's what's so great about RoboCop and Total Recall to an extent is like he takes that stuff and reflects it back to us in the style that we understand, which right, is like exactly. American action movies. He speaks to us in our language. He's, yeah, yeah he truly does. He and speaks blood to us. And gore. It's like he shows us a uniquely outsider perspective of America in a language that we understand intuitively. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and in a way violence. That, which, yeah. yeah, which is violence, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Which is sex and violence. And in a way that isn't tired. Yeah. You know, which is so nice, because, I don't know, man, online there's, like, such a, like, a culture now where it's just, like, America sucks. I get it. Like, there's a lot of problems. There's a lot of things that, like, aren't a problem in Canada and, like, in Europe and everywhere else. But it's like, but hey, also Europeans, can, can you guys just, like... But also, like, Canada Canada and Europe also have lots of their own problems. There, there are lots of... Well, that's the thing, right? Like, but it's just like, yeah, right now... At least Joe Biden never did blackface. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Unlike Mr. Justin Trudeau. Wow, did I just find a talking point to get Ben to bat for Joe Biden? Holy shit. That, you know that what? That says something. I'm putting my America hat on. <laughs> yeah, man. At least we don't have oh, hey, Mr. Man, at least Dolezal as our president. At least we're guys. at least we're not fucking England. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man. oh man. This is a direction we've never gone down on the podcast. <laughs> but Verhoeven brings it out of us. Yeah, it brings it out. But no, but all all that to say, like, I He's right though. Yeah, he's, he's right. right about I mean, all of that. All right. That's the thing. Like, uh, but I'm just fucking tired of hearing it. Because I don't have any agency over it, you know? Yeah. So like whenever well, I hear like ha 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 healthcare joke, it's like, yeah, I fucking know. Well, I'm tired of hearing the joke. It's one of those because... things where it's one of those things where I truly like have gotten, shit, I'm just over it. I'm I've over truly gotten shit. to the point where I'm like where I feel like if you live here, you're allowed to talk about it. If you live somewhere else, Shut the fuck up! Yeah, don't be like, an asshole. Like it's, 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 it's a don't be an day asshole. For us. Yeah, and, it's and, like it's like we're the ones who are living with it on a day to day fucking basis. Like we know how fucking bad it yeah. is. And we can no talk agency. about how fucking bad it is. We know you we have it good. Vote, we know but. you have it good in lots of ways, but also you have a lot of Nazis. Yeah. So you know, like <laughs> Nazis all around though, but like yeah. Nazis Nazis are everywhere. But yeah. like you can't be you can't be from like Finland. And fucking talking about Nazis in the U.S. Like, check your own fucking Nazi problem. Yeah. Or fucking Ukraine, you know? Man, like Finnish people, where the national pastime is suicide. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit! Okay, that's fired. All right, yeah, Literally. we're... we're... <laughs> oh, no. 
All right. Well, that's I think we that got, is the inevitable end we of that conversation. The, we got to steer this back. Yeah, steer the ship. Steer the ship quick. <laughs> Satire, um, satire, 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 satire. Okay, so satire. Uh, for for all our talk about RoboCop, we haven't really talked about RoboCop. Um, so let's let's just yeah, dig into like, the plot. Yeah, everybody, I feel like everybody knows RoboCop, but yes, but everyone does. But I, I want to get into like the 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 journey of it. Sure, you know, I want to I want to get into his 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 archetypical wheel, his his Frankenstein story. He's Christ. He is Christ. Um, That's it. <laughs> He it's is. a it is a not subtle Christ <laughs> allegory. <laughs> Robo Christ. I'd buy that for a dollar. That you've already <laughs> bought it. We watched it for free with ads. <laughs> Robocop is Robo Christ. He literally walks on water at the end. <laughs> <laughs> the imagery is not subtle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, so we begin with, uh, Peter Weller's character. Well, we don't begin there. We begin by setting the tone, setting the, yeah, setting yeah. the world that we have well established on this podcast at this point. With um, Peter Weller established. Yes. Uh, uh, the, the breaking news, the big report is that several police officers have died in another shootout with the horrible Detroit gangs or whatever. All right, cool. Cut to the police precinct. Peter Weller has come in. He's a cop from the Burbs or somewhere, another city, out of town. Yeah. A, a nicer place. And uh, he's been brought in. The suburbs. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's a replacement for, for the, the current dead cops. And he's teamed up with uh, uh, Nancy Allen. Nancy Allen, yeah. Nancy Allen. Um, and uh, they head about on their first beat, their first yeah outing whatever the the police term is for it <laughs> yeah they're outing they're going on a nice outing yeah that's what yeah. it is and um uh uh yeah they, they suit up and they head out and uh they have an encounter with the detroit gang of course um uh consisting of uh red and the gang yes <laughs> um speaking of you 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 touched on the fact that he has about five or so henchmen yeah you didn't mention that one of his henchmen is a, is a pod favorite. Oh, yeah, Ray Wise. Ray Wise! Yeah. Ray Wise is um, one, one of the henchmen, and Ray Wise in his fucking prime. My dude is killing it. Yeah. Like, he looks cool I, in this you know, movie. You know, honestly, I feel like he doesn't have as big of a part in this movie as I would like him to, as, like, some of the other henchmen. Any, any part with Ray Wise. Yeah. Like, I could always... Always more. But it's Ray nice Wise. we He's got uh, we've got two Twin Peaks people who went on to be in Twin Peaks in this movie. Ray Wise and Miguel Ferrar. Yeah, I love kind of the introduction to the gang where they're driving a getaway truck from like a bank from heist, a bank robbery, and yeah. like uh, half of the money has been burnt. Because it was like blown up <laughs> while they tried to blow up the the vault or whatever. And they get into the shootout with Nancy Allen and Peter Weller. At one point, Peter Weller shoots one of the 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 henchmen. Like let's let's set the tone a little bit though. Like they're coming up behind them, and they're like, "Oh shit, I think that's them." They put out the APB, and uh, Peter Weller says, "You drive, I'll shoot," and he or something like that. And he gets two he takes two pistols. So she hands him, um, she hands him her pistol, and he leans out the side of the window with both pistols. Um, uh, just fuck regulation. They're gonna take these fuckers down. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, in the van, 
all the guys are getting ready. They've got AKs, they've got shotguns, they've got it all. And there's the big doors on the back of the van and they're just, they're just ready. They're gonna, they're gonna kick it open and they're gonna fucking blow them all away. They're gonna like, un, like just unload lead. Like all five of the guys with guns in the van are gonna shoot at this one dinky little cop car, which side note is a dinky little cop car. The cop cars in this movie are, are just like old, Cars. It's literally a Ford Taurus. Yeah, it's a fucking Ford Taurus, <laughs> like spray it's painted, spray painted with matte, uh, like matte spray paint. And I love that. I love that. Like the police precinct is like it's so cheap. It's Detroit. It's cr- the city is crumbling. Its infrastructure is falling apart. But these big tech guys are coming in with their toys right. and they're playing, but they don't really care. There's no like sense of infrastructure there, so it works. No, they're amazing. selling a product, as they literally say many times. Yes, and so like it's so cool that like. They're, they're, like, building these giant, like, police robots that are, like, fucking mechs. And meanwhile, the, the actual yeah. police are just, like, using whatever cars they can are find. Are driving around in black. Ford Taurus like, spray-painted so, black. Like, yeah, the, 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 um, the, the, the wealth gap is just so apparent in yeah. the background of this, of this movie. And I, I love it. And uh, so anyway, they're just about to blow open the doors. And then they do. They knock them open and they're all ready to shoot. And there's no car. Wait, where'd the car go? Oh, they're coming up on the side. And then Peter Weller comes up around and he's like shooting at him from the car. It's fucking great, yeah. as you were saying. Yeah, well, uh, in the process of the shootout, he shoots one of the henchmen. Uh, Clarence Boddicker, you know, looks at him and he's like, man, I hope you can fly. <laughs> and he takes him and he throws him onto the, the police car. Great. And yeah. it's like such a great introduction to this villainous gang yeah. who, like, treat their own as just, like, disposable bodies. Yeah, it's like, oh, you got shot? All right, we're going to throw you it's, onto the hood of the cop car. It's to... like the dystopian equivalent of, like, oh, shit, we need to lose weight in our hot air balloon. So, <laughs> yeah. You know? So, like, yeah, they need they need a diversion. They need something heavy they can throw at the car to make it crash. So they just throw one of their injured guys at it. I love yeah. that. Again, um, it's, it's that the... It works so well with the theme. Like, the the evil people don't care about human life. They don't care about the bodies. And, you know, so they just, they just throw this fucking guy out of the car. And uh, it, it makes the car spin out and crash. Um, uh, and they, it looks like they're going to get away. But sure enough, they keep on their trail. Yeah, they end up in uh, uh, one of several abandoned steel factories in this movie uh, where... Eventually, uh, well, well, Peter Weller and Nancy Allen get separated. Peter Weller gets captured by the gang, and they... uh, Well, Nancy Allen gets, like, kicked off of uh, a balcony, Mm -hmm. which puts her out of commission for a little bit. By maybe my... Second to Ray Wise, my favorite henchman, the laughing guy. Oh God, yeah, he's got this. <laughs> he's like, he's like a cool henchman, and he's like, uh, and he's like, he's got like the, uh, he's got like a pork pie, not a pork pie, the fucking what is it? It's like, like a, a beret, like a beret. He's got the beret, and um, you know, uh, uh, he's taking a piss just in like a random corner of the factory, and uh, she comes up behind him, and she's like, you know, fucking freeze or whatever, and he turns around, and he's like, yeah, can I put my what? What did he say? It's like. Can I put my dick away first or something yeah, like that? Yeah, something like that. Because he comes around with his dick out. Um, we don't see it, but uh, which is a surprising amount of restraint for Verhoeven. <laughs> and um, he he puts his he puts his dick away, but he kicks her off the side. 
and she goes she goes well fine. yeah she she gets distracted because she looks down at she his does dick, and that gives him the to, that gives him the opening to uh I forgot. That is why, to yeah. knock the gun out of her hand and throw her over the yeah. the railing for, for cute little reverse sexism there yeah she look she she can't help herself she looks down at his dick and he uses that opportunity to kick her off the rail. Yeah. Absolutely. And she falls on some boxes. And then he lets out this like, <laughs> laugh that's really weird. Like, he lets out this like weird cackle. It's almost like a trash humper's laugh. It is. Yeah, yeah. kind of. He is making it, making it, not faking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Weird sure. cackle. And mm-hmm. that's that's just the first of many, many, many times in the movie that he does that. He does that. his weird yeah. hyena laugh. And I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's goofy, fun. it's fun. I'm paying attention to the movie. We're having a good time. It's fun. Cuts yeah, Peter Weller. He gets captured by by all of them, and uh, they uh, toy with him a little bit before killing him. And in just like the most gratuitous way, Kurtwood Smith shoots his hand off with a shotgun. Well, oh, oh, but but, and, but but like the way he does it is so good. He's we, got the shotgun. And he and he like he goes like meh, 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 and he's like going up and down him like ooh yeah. where is it gonna land what am I gonna shoot and then he goes meh, 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 like over to the left he just blows his hand off with a shotgun yeah like right when you think it's... he isn't he might not actually shoot him he might hold him hostage or something boom awesome gratuity beautiful effects his hand yeah. just gets blown to smithereens and then they just all fucking unload into him with their shotguns uh just over and over and over again much like the ed 209 scene very drawn out very gratuitous lots of squibs um he's somehow still not dead at the end of that uh and uh kerwood smith comes up and and executes him with a with a shot to the head mm-hmm. um but Psych, he's not actually dead, not quite. He's still alive enough for him to be taken to Omnicorp and turned into Robocop. I love the scene of them working on Robocop and putting him together. Yeah, over like the sort of like long period, it's like all from his perspective. Mm -hmm. And it's got like the computer grid. We we see like, yeah, yeah, like the first like of it like coming on and him like seeing some stuff and they're like they have the pen in front of them they're testing out his vision and then like we see them like uh screw in like the laser grid component piece and like the ui like slowly like comes into place on his heads up display and uh it keeps like coming in and out of consciousness well it's great too because uh we get a scene where you know he is on the operating table essentially and some of the corporate executives are there and they're talking about how they shouldn't save his arm because, uh, you know, they want to emphasize that he's robotic. Oh, yeah. they're so, Yeah, they're talking about, like, branding. Like, like whether or not he keeps his his arm or not is just up yeah, to, like, they're like They're image. like, yeah, we're able to still yeah. save the left arm and Miguel Ferrar is like... No, lose the arm. Like it's gonna, he's gonna be better if both of his arms are are robotic. Robot. Yeah, it's just like yeah, get rid of the fucking arm. It's like well, yeah. At that point, he's no longer a person. He's product. So they're trying to maximize the profit. They're, they're trying to maximize and get out of him. It's like I think what he's their justification the is he's not going to be a person anymore. We're going to wipe his memories. Don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah. Well, and that's that's ultimately, you know, in the end, all yeah. of their undoing because they're not at try as they might, they're not able to completely eradicate 
the lot the spark of humanity from him. And, well, you know, that's... they are they are specifically undone by the power of dreams. Like, yeah, and well, memory. And yeah, mem- yeah. Well, and, and yeah, exactly. Like yeah, him it, because when when we dream, are we we sort of unravel our memories yeah. or whatever? I'm not a fucking neuroscientist, but like the. Yeah, the idea, it's, like, poetically, like, if you take a step back from, like, the literal interpretation of that, it is, like, he is there undone by, like, the will to dream, or whatever. Yeah. You know, like, like, something that is, like, truly human. Right, well, yeah, that's what it is. It's it's the the piece of of humanity that they can't erase. His dreams. That, like, that still is there, that awakens him, and, like, that is his resurrection, his resurrection is not being brought back to life as RoboCop. The the dying and being reborn is when he reawakens as a human. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I feel like that's what's kind of interesting in this movie because, like, while his family is shown in dreams and he has that sequence where he goes back to his old house mm-hmm. to see it's being sold off, essentially, you know, his family is really not present present in the movie no i think we only see them through the dreams the the real core that kind of brings his humanity out is his connection with nancy allen Mm -hmm. and i kind of love that it's really i i think you know it it avoids kind of hokey sentimentality yeah by doing that um while still getting to the core of like what they're what he's trying to go out there 100%. On the subject of hokey sentimentality, I feel like Verhoeven does, like, sort of poke at that a little bit with, like, the memory or the dream of, like, his wife. Because, like, we see it a few Mm -hmm. times. We get, like, flashes of it, like, as he's being turned into RoboCop. It's like, we always see it from his perspective. Like, he walks into the bedroom and she, like, gets up off the bed and she's like, you know what? I've got to tell you something. Or something like that. Like, she sounds angry, and that's, like, always where the memory stops. It's like, oh, he had, you know, a turbulent relationship with his wife or whatever. But then later, when he goes back to the house and we see, like, the full memories revealed, that that whole sequence is, like, she's like, I have something that I have to say to you. I love you so much. <laughs> she was fucking with him. She was having fun with him. I really like that. It's that, so, that so fucking corny. In, in, I love itself it. Is like how much of his memories are real, real, real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I just read that as like you know she was she was playing a game with him. You know, like she was she was doing a bit like she was in on the joke where she was like you know like being like oh yeah I'm gonna make him think I'm about to nag him and like no. Yeah, I love him, and I, I I thought that I thought that was sweet, like earnestly sweet. Um, but I don't know. I'm a I'm a big corn dog, so who knows? It, I think I think it's hokey, but I, I I do like Ben's point that like you're right. Yeah, the family like he doesn't like reconnect with his family or anything. They're gone, you know. After he died, they sold the house and moved. Yeah. You know, so it's like it is that that Nancy Allen like stops him in the hallway and is like, "Hey, like Murphy, is that you? Like are you in there?" Well, like she mm-hmm. talks to him like a human, not just as RoboCop, and she's like the only one who does that. And like that is what sort of like awakens that spark. That being said, my favorite line in the movie happens at the end of that scene where like he has this kind of moment where like he's sort of like disoriented and confused and the scene ends with him being like i have to go 
somewhere a crime is being committed. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how I want to leave every room for the rest of my existence, is I've got to go somewhere a crime is being committed. (laughs) I have to go somewhere a crime is being... Yeah, like, it's like, oh, nope, nope, I'm a man, I gotta detach, gotta detach. Yeah, it's like, like, yeah, she's trying to, like, have the... She's, like, trying to see if there's still that bit of humanity left to, like, connect with him. He's like, I must go somewhere a crime is being committed. (laughs) It's... Like the, the whole trope of like I am a robot I don't know how to feel is yeah. like so old and tired and I love that especially since this was your first viewing right mm-hmm. like that you you're you're so familiar with that trope it's been told a million times but like the way Verhoeven does it in this movie is is so unique and yeah, so well yeah, done yeah. my favorite example is when RoboCop is first out on patrol he's 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 driving around the city in his shitty car. He's, it's he's, so funny to see him in the fucking know, Ford Taurus. It's know, so yeah. funny. The is so good. Um, and uh, he's driving around the city in his shitty car. He uh, this big action figure guy. Uh, a, a dude is robbing like a like a, a small liquor store, general store store, and um, uh, RoboCop comes in. The guy's just like, oh fuck no! And he just starts unloading on RoboCop. It does nothing. Robocop blows him to bits, you know, yeah. he's like, all right, I did my shit. With his, with his cartoonishly large gun. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, he has, like, a giant pistol that has, like, rapid fire. Like, it, yeah, it does like, fire, it does like, burst uh, fire. yeah, burst fire. Semi-auto, yeah. yeah. Uh, the way I perceive the burst fire is the gun itself does not have burst fire. He just shoots it really fast. Oh, you think he shoots yeah. it that fast and burst? That, yeah, that, I like the robot that funny. That's fun. I like that. <laughs> Um, and so he, uh, and he leaves that and, um, there might be some other things. It's like a whole montage that fucking rules, but, uh, there's a, a woman and, uh, she's like out underneath this like big billboard that once again is some sort of capitalistic commentary. Yeah. And, uh, these two guys are, uh, like they cut some of her hair and they're like, ha ha, we got hair or whatever, but you know where else there's hair down there. And they take the knife and it looks like they're about to like, you know, do some really heinous shit. And Robocop pulls up to save the day, and he's like, ah. And he and, and he shoots one of the guys, and the other guy, the other guy, like, holds the lady hostage. And it's like, oh my god, how's he gonna, how's he gonna shoot her? And then his, his targeting reticle comes up, and he fires, like, right under her skirt. And shoots the guy in the dick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so he shoots the guy's dick off, which is awesome. Yes! Like, yeah. everything you could want, right, out of a movie like yeah. this. And he shoots, he shoots the guy's dick off, and the lady's, like, terrified, and she runs up to RoboCop, and she gives him a big hug, and she says, thank you! And it's that, that hero moment where, like, you know, he, like, any other, like, your John Wayne or your fucking cowboy would, like, embrace him and be like, it's okay, I got you, darling, or whatever. And he just says, you are safe now, I am calling a rape center. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah a rape crisis I'm, center. I'm dialing yeah. the nearest rape crisis center, and it's like, holy shit, that is so robotic like that is the most it's uh, almost as if he was some sort of robotic cop yeah i know but like it's it is it is just so perfectly distilled like and and what a perfect commentary on how like police have to play the the role of like societal therapists that they are in no way qualified to play right like how often do you hear about stories of like police having to arrive on scenes where like their their domestic situations where like they're not really equipped to deal with oh well and how and they, they treat de- it like how they deal with they like treating it like therapists how do they deal with like me- mentally ill like exactly. homeless people and stuff who like they've proven it every time they've tried it in situations where it's like they cry they call social workers instead of cops 
those situations always end better. The cops just was like, ah, oh, I don't know how to respond to this. Shoot him. Yeah. Just fucking so end up like, ventilating some poor mentally ill man who's living on the street. You he's know? just a big dumb toy. He doesn't know how to like, and at this point, like it's all robot, right? Like his brain hasn't had the chance to emerge yet. His humanity hasn't had a chance to be restored. Honestly, so, the, the like, most, the most unbelievable thing about this movie in the modern age is that one of his prime directives is protect the innocent. Well, that was that was like one thing I was like that doesn't make a lot of well, sense. It's it works so well put on though. its head. It is it yeah, is in, in all the right ways. I agree. Like is that he has um it's sort of a um it's sort of like a little nudge wink at like Asimov's like laws of robotics. Right. That um cuz uh you know, and like in iRobot, like it's a series of short stories about like how the laws of robotics could be unraveled. Mm. And here they do something very similar where um, uh, he has like three protocols. At the beginning, they pop up and it's like one, protect the innocent, two, uphold the law, three, blah, blah, something, um, and then four, unknown. Yeah. And so like he has like some secret protocol that's been installed that like they don't, that we don't know about as the viewer at this time. And, um, I think that's really cool. There's, like, some sort of shadow narrative there. And he's, he's set up publicly as this paragon of virtue, like, with these laws. These laws seem perfect. They seem flawless. But there's an underlying goal there. There's a, there's a different narrative that's being spun. And, uh, it's fucking cool. It's, it's great. And it it plays in, it's a wonderful little, like, twist uh, at the end, I was doing air quotes on twist. It's you know, heavy handed as fuck, but uh, yeah. Well, it's like we know that's that something that Omnicorp has put in there because they built him. Mm-hmm. And what does it? Come yeah, from, right? what but, does it turn out to be that he is not able to act against any mm-hmm. member of the board of Omnicorp or something right. like that? And if he tries, he'll like shut down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so he, yeah, the yeah. fourth the fourth rule is yeah, like don't don't fuck with Omnicorp. Yeah, you can't yeah. fuck with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that they can just use him as their their toy weapon. Yeah, and uh, I I love I love the, the and even though like, you can see it coming from a mile away, I love the progression there of him. Like uh, it, it seems like his humanity is gone. We've uh, we, we we've explored that for a really nice amount of time. We've gotten to enjoy him just being robot cop, and then he dreams, and. Uh, in that there's a big malfunction and he gets up when he's not supposed to and he starts walking out of the center and everyone's like, whoa, stop RoboCop. We can't stop RoboCop because he's the strongest thing in here. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And um, uh, he's dreaming. Oh my God. We didn't get count for dreams. I love that. I love that. Um, and uh, he he goes to his home, as we mentioned. Um, we don't see his family. We just see the shell of their home that was there. And his son, you know, watching that Johnny Laser show where the guy spins his gun. Yeah. Um, which is, up before that point, the only sign that we have that he's still in some case holding, in some way he might be holding on to his humanity. Talk about a great example of visual storytelling. Yes. Right yes, is when he's still Peter Weller, the human, um, he spins his gun and his, uh, uh, is his partner is like, Oh, uh, why? Why are you fancy doing that? gun work? Yeah, or fancy gun like work. And he's like, like, "Oh, my 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 son watches Johnny Laser or whatever, and uh, he thinks that's cool. So you know, I got to be cool for my son, which is super endearing. Like that's really nice. And then when he's RoboCop, right? Well, after I think it's also in, sort of indicative how a lot of cops think of themselves oh, yeah. as cowboys. Mm, of course, <laughs> like I was saying earlier, absolutely. And um, he uh, and then he's as RoboCop. 
he spins the gun yeah. right before he does the cool like robot transforming hip holster thing. Yeah. Um and uh and so like it, that's our that's our little sign that oh there might be some Peter there Weller is something, still in there. There's something of him left mm-hmm. in there, yeah. And so uh, then he dreams. Sure enough, there is. He goes on a rogue um, uh, journey to, to find his home. They're gone. He's remembering things. We get the latter part of the memory with his wife. Oh, I love you. Um, and, and, and then he also remembers, oh, hey, these are the guys who killed me. I got to hunt those fuckers down. Yep. We cut to... Goes on his, uh, quest of vengeance. Mm-hmm. We cut to the baddies in their factory. There's a cute scene there. It's a literal, literal cocaine, cocaine factory. factory. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 80s, yeah, baby. I love it. Um, and, uh, uh, Robocop busts in, fucking takes them all out. It's a great um, fucking scene. It's so good. I love out in the cocaine factory. I love when he's he's throwing he's throwing the baddie around and like he throws him through one window and he's like, "Who sent you?" or whatever. Like, "Who are you work for?" And the guy's like, "I don't know, man." And he throws him through another window. Yeah, and he's like, oh, he throws man, he throws Kurtwood Smith through like four windows. He's like, "All right, <laughs> I, I think I, I might tell you." He throws him through another window. All right, man, I'll fucking tell you. Like. Just, you know, again, like, everything in this film, everything is taken to that nth degree yeah. for your enjoyment. Um, like, he just... Fearhubbin just knows what we want, man. God bless yeah. him for it. Well, he, he always knows. And then he says, well, he it was knows, Omnicorp. He knows, what, he knows what he wants, and what he wants just happens to also be what we all want. Yeah. Well, I love Because Fairhubbin's a man of the people. Mm-hmm. I love that Clarence is working for the Omnicorp executive. Because of course he is. Because, like, the whole grift that, like, is presented to him is, like, this is going to be a lot of urban development. With urban development and construction comes a lot of underworld. You know, gambling, prostitution, drugs. You can be in charge of that. Well, and also he gets... He's being paid to stir up trouble and create the need for Omnicorp to come in and gentrify and control crime, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's being he's being paid to wreak havoc. Um, and, yeah, it's, and in, in, like you said, for the long-term goal of, like, yeah, you can run all the whole criminal underworld once we've got our fancy new f- city of the future, too. It's yeah. like, yeah, of course the, the, the criminal on the street works for the criminal in the boardroom. Mm-hmm. Just like real life. Yeah, yeah. And so, of course, RoboCop gets his name, he goes to Omnicorp, the fourth rule kicks in, just as Ed 209 literally kicks in. Yeah. And we get, like, our our very fun, like, hallway uh, fight with Ed 209, where it ends on the stairs with Ed 209 Tumbling and falling. Um, And that scene is followed by another one of my favorite scenes where they order all of the cops to kill RoboCop, because, oh, he's gone rogue, and he's just- He's still a cop! And we it's we just get we just get like probably no exaggeration like a three minute sequence of like fifty cops just unloading their automatic weapons into RoboCop just like again just so like good. all the other scenes just endless just it just keeps going and going and he's like stumbling through this parking garage and he like tumbles over a railing onto like a lower level and they all run up and start shooting him down there it's you know what i really like it just goes on and on and on it's so funny robocop has that same batman problem where his lower jaw is still exposed amongst all of his like titanium alloy armor 
And so it's like, oh well, you could just shoot him in the face, right? Like an explosion would still like burn he does. His head off. He does hold but his arm up his in arm front up. of yeah. yeah he does protect jaw. himself. Yeah. Like they do think that part through, mm-hmm. and I like that a lot. Um, well, uh, later on, they do also show him taking his helmet off. Yes, and yes. it's just like his face, like essentially like pinned onto this robotic and it's skull, yeah. so fucking good the makeup is is still really good yeah, it yeah. holds yeah. up super well and um uh i i love this because um it's it's not just like a side note and it's not just done for visual spectacle like his he robocop has been shot to bits by all these police he it looks like they're 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 gonna take him down when his partner shows up throws him in the car and they get out of there mm-hmm. and they hide in an old steel mill um, and th- it's at that point when he's all covered in, in bullet wounds and bruises and everything else that she gives him a screw gun and he takes off the faceplate. Yeah. And it's at this moment where he not only is his human face revealed, but that is the moment where he has essentially reclaimed his humanity. Yeah. So, like, the mask comes off. We see the Peter Weller beneath. He's disfigured. He's a Frankenstein. He's a horrible, like, death robot. But there's a man inside. Yeah. And And we get that there. It's... Chef's kiss, heavy-handed. I'm not saying it's genius, but I'm saying it's done perfectly. <laughs> she like, has to. She has to help him recalibrate his targeting system. Oh, Gotta give that. that little human touch. Help him get his aim well, back. It's you great know? too because it's it's uh, earlier on they set up that like he just eats like <coughs> nutrient paste that looks yeah. like shit, and the guy tastes it. It's like oh, it's like baby <coughs> food. And she goes out to a convenience store and she brings him baby food in case he needs to eat. But I'm not hungry. Yeah. Um, uh, and so he takes the moment to like shoot the bottles and the bottles yeah. are baby food. And again, not a single bit of fat wasted, right? Like that could have just been bottles. That could have been cans in the, from the steel mill. It could have been literally anything. But instead, it's something that has been set up. And again, he's been almost reduced to like an infant. There's... There's, you could put commentary on that if you if you want. Like, there's well, he's there's reclaimed he's there. reclaimed his humanity, so now he's beyond just the nutrient paste, right? That that the machine needed to live. Mm-hmm. He's not a baby anymore. He's not he's a, a baby he's a anymore. Man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he once was a boy, and now he is a man. <laughs> I was that little boy, that little baby boy was me. I once was a boy, but now I am a man. Um, um, oh, so good. And, uh, yeah. So then we can cut to the baddies. Yes, they they show up, and they have been uh, given just these massive... They're so cool. Rifle, sniper rifles that just shoot missiles, basically. They're, they're just 50 like... caliber rifles. They've got the big, like, 50 caliber rifle thing on the end of the barrel. I don't know what it's fucking called. The massive scope and everything. Yeah. Well, yeah. The sc- it's not a scope. It's like a, it's like a big, it's like a, com- it's like a rectangular computer. Like, they don't actually, like, you can't actually look down it, I don't think. It's just got, like, red, weird laser lights I mean, I think shit, you like, can look. It. it looks like you can look down it. They just never do. They just yeah. always fire, fire from, from the hip. Yeah. But, yeah, and it but just it's like, fires. It's like a big computer rifle that fires, like, rockets that blow up cars. Yeah, it's like, okay, this is what we need to stop RoboCop. Yeah. And... But the way that they do it is, like, the, the laughing guy, he pulls up in his car, and he's like, yo, look what Omnicorp gave me. It's the ninth. 6,000 sucks. Like, I got, I got my nice fucking car. Well, no, they didn't give it to him. He stole it. It because right. there's the there's the police strike. Um, That's when this all happens. All the police go on strike, so the criminals have the run of the city. 
And so he just, like, stole that. And, yeah, he shows well, up. Well, they conveniently left it outside of the jail that he just got out of. Yeah, with right. The the title and papers exactly. sitting in the front yeah. window. The, everyone is rampaging. They're all rampaging. There's the guy, like watching the I'd buy that for a dollar show, like kinda of, like watching it in uh from outside in the, the door of the van, like watching out of a shop window. One of the one of the more uh inscrutable uh details of the movie that I really love, the I'd buy that for a dollar. Well it's like, it's like perfect parody of like bad sitcom television. Yeah, exactly. But it's like every time we see it, it's like what's going on? It's like some weird old dude is just like groping women going i'd buy that for a dollar like it's it's any hill it's so funny it feels like he's trying to capture like some weird future humor i don't know i watch zoomer shit now and it's like it's basically the same thing yeah i love how absurd it is that's what i'm saying Mm -hmm. that's why i like it yeah because it is just like every time we see it there's not any sort of like discernible plot to what's happening it's just, I'd buy that for a dollar over and over again, and it's great. It is great. I love it. Yeah, I love it. It's fucking rad. Right next to the guy, a bunch of looters are, like, destroying a store and, like, you know, like, breaking windows and stuff. So he's like, eh, fuck it. And he breaks the windows just so we can turn up the volume The volume the so we can listen and to it, And he keeps yeah. hanging out there. And I love that. It's so, like, it's kind of badass. Like, he's like... You know, most of the time when people are looting, they're running into the store, they're running out, they're doing whatever they can. And he's like, ah, he just kind of breaks a window and turns up the volume and sits back down. It's cool. It's a, it's a, it's a nice bit of flavor. It's cute. Um, yeah, and they all, they all pull up and they, they, they meet up in their spot and uh, they show off the guns. And this guy's like, yo, I got the 6,000 socks. It's so cool. And uh, fucking uh, Red is like, all right, well, uh, that's dope. But check out my cool fucking gun. Hey, Look at this neat target, and he and he uses the gun to blow up the dude's car that he just got because he's such an asshole. And I, well, yeah, and also because he can have the cool car. Yeah, because it's the same car that that Kurtwood Smith has, so he can only only one of them can have the yeah. the cool sports car. But in a fun ballsy move, he then gives that same dude a gun. Yeah, well, I mean, he gives them all guns, uh, yeah. all, all guns, and, yeah. and they have this amazing. Uh, it, it, it's a kind of a Lost Boys moment where they all just like, "Oh, new toy!" and they're all like running around the block, blowing up cars. everything. Yeah. And there's just like it's just stunt after stunt after stunt where they're just like they're they're blow. They, one of them fires it into the shop that had just been looted, like completely like decimating the building. They're blowing up cars on the street, like every like like so many scenes in this movie are punctuated with like real explosions the practicals are just endless mm-hmm. in this film like it just it's on and on and on and no it's, shortage yeah. of explosions and they're all perfectly framed and cool and just funny it, it, oh god man it's just i don't know you can put a cool explosion in your movie but it's another thing to put like an explosion that's just so well punctuated by like this gangster being given a new toy and like you know, his well, yeah. I mean, for the fucking for the like, fucking climax, you decide to give your all of your villains guns that just shoot explosions. The last like shootout in the fucking uh, steel mill is great with the fucking uh, dude who drives the truck into the toxic waste and turns into a a, a mutant man. And then gets fucking splattered by Kurtwood Smith. Oh, it's that just incredible. It's so wet. Yeah. 
Just like, yeah, just and also just like yeah, such a fucking awesome shot of just getting hit by this car and just like turning into liquid. Yeah. It's so well, funny. Like, again, any other movie, um, it would have had like a cool sequence just inside of the steel mill where there's a shootout between Robocop and them. But like they've already upped the stakes by giving them explode like these magical exploding rifles, right? That yeah. they basically just point at something and it explodes. Like, that's already great. Thankfully, they're all really bad shots. Yeah, <laughs> but, like, that's already super fun. You have a really fun environment. But, like, no, Paul Verhoeven gets even more creative with it, right? Like, um, that's not enough. There's a bit where a guy's, like, driving his car and Robocop, like, diverts the car. And the car, for whatever reason, drives into a giant toxic waste thing. Like, how 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 much fun can you have? You know, yeah. like, this movie is just, like, there's endless shit, like... And then You've got the part on, where Ray Wise drops Ray the... Wise, yeah, he's like operating a crane. They're just playing with fucking toys. Drops the like, shit on RoboCop. And then uh, Nancy Allen grabs the gun and just shoots the cockpit of the crane with Ray Wise and it just fucking explodes. explodes. Oh, Amazing. Like, it's just, just like endless, like creative, wild kills in this movie. Yeah, it's and, so much fun. Um, Of course, like earlier on in the precinct, RoboCop, like has this dope, like, data spike that he uses to, like, uh, yes. find out where his house was located. The data spike is um, cool. And how he was killed. Like, that's a, one way he, like, ac- accesses his old memories. And, um, like, right at the end there, um, he's, uh, the villain is, like, over the top of RoboCop, and it looks like he's gonna destroy him. And RoboCop activates his fucking data spike, and he drives it into his Stabs throat. him into yeah. his neck, yeah. Perfect. It was Amazing. perfectly set up. Beautiful. Um, and then got to finish it off by getting, uh, by stopping Omnicorp, shows up in the, the boardroom, confronts uh, Dick Jones, and is like, ah, but you can't do anything against me because of uh, your fourth directive. And uh, he gets around that in, like, the cleverest way <laughs> by making uh, the the CEO or whatever, he's like, Dick you're fired is like all of a sudden no longer an employee. So RoboCop can shoot him well, it's, out the window. While, you know, the, the main executive is being held at gunpoint by Dick Jones. Yeah. Cause RoboCop plays the recording he has of him admitting to killing, uh, Miguel Ferrar. So is like, Oh yeah, Dick Jones is a bad guy. So you're fired, Dick. And it's like, Oh, no longer an employee. So RoboCop can, yeah, literally fired, shoots him out the window. You get the, the shot, the classic eighties falling out of a building shot where his arms are like, obviously fake and like a, a weirdly, like a little bit too long. <laughs> it's, around. it's really funny. I, I, I can't tell what's going on with the arms there. He's got like, Kermit the Frog, like, I, I like to arms. think that, like, Robocop's gun is so powerful it liquefied his bones. There you go. Yeah, yeah why not? It, why not, right? And, uh... Yeah, yeah, fuck it. Why not? He, he shoots him out the building. We get our, our, our classic, iconic 80s shot of a guy falling out of a building. Our, um... Oh, fuck. What's the... The bad guy in, uh, Die Hard? What's Hans the, Gruber. Yeah, he, he gets Hans Gruber. He, he, you know, he gets thrown out of the building. Um, it does not look as good as the Hans Gruber one, no. but whatever. Um, anyway, uh... He Die Hard falling. was also in the 90s. Yes. Um, that is fair. And, um, uh, yeah, RoboCop fucking saves the day. Uh, oh, there is a great sequence when he's going into the building a little bit before where another Ed 209 shows up that's guarding the premises. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, I know he has the, the explosion gun. <laughs> yeah, so he just, like, explosion guns the fucking Ed 209 to bits. And it's great because Ed 209, like, like, falls out of the shot. 
and um, Robocop is like, there's a low angle, and Robocop is like walking into the building when you see another leg come in to frame. And it's like, oh shit, there's another Red 209. Does he have enough ammo? I don't know. And then the legs continue to walk into frame, and you see that it was the lower torso of that Ed 209. And, like, as the chicken legs kind of, like... Just, like, like, trips and falls over. It falls over, and there's another really nice detail where one of the toes on it, like, kind of, like, is, like, kind of glitching out. It's great. Like, there's, like, so much texture and life in it. Like, so much attention to detail in this film. Like, every... Like, again, from the baby jars to to all of it. Like, everything... There's no fat you know, on it at all. Like, it's just, it, it's, every little thing is a, is a, is accounted for. And, uh, yeah, he saves the fucking day. He goes up there and, yeah, he, you know, the guy gets fired and fired out of the fucking window. And then the movie ends immediately. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because, they... because what else, what else needs to be said? Yeah, yep. It's <laughs> what a mic else, drop, right? Yeah. What else need, what else do we need to see? It absolutely is. Well, yeah. shall we, shall we do the formality of rating? Uh, <laughs> Five. Yeah, five. five. Your move, creep. <laughs> one one quick small note is I have I have seen the remake and I didn't think it was that bad. It's got some problems. It does show his family, which I th- like he does like interact with his family again as RoboCop, and I thought that was stupid. Um, but there's there are some fun ideas. It opens with um, the testing like OmniCorp testing out their product in Afghanistan and like the like destroying a small boy. By mistake, there's some kind of fun yeah, commentary. That's, that's not that even that's not even satire. That was happening before that movie fucking came out. Yes, it's true. Um, but um, you know, it, it's a it was kind of an. All right I feel like they thing. also made the mistake of making RoboCop look too cool in that yes. movie. It's a, it's just it's a different film. Yeah. Um, but I didn't I didn't hate it. I, I, I don't really hate my heart. I it. won't be seeing it. No, because, I'm not in a rush to see that. No, I wouldn't be because why bother. When Paul Verhoeven's 1987 masterpiece and certified golden pod RoboCop exists. Certified. Certified. We have some predictions from last week's episode of Knock at the Cabin. For Rotten Tomatoes score, I predicted 83. TCU predicted 65. And Cleef, you predicted 50. Right now it's sitting at 67. Yo! I was really close on that one. Uh, I was going to say, as you were reading that, I was like, I still feel good about that. Yeah. (laughs) For opening weekend box office, I predicted 15 million. TCU predicted 25 million. And Cleve, you predicted 18 million. Mm. It did... 14.1 14.1 opening Whoa. weekend. So you, were, I you said 15 that. million? Mm-hmm. Man, only wow. one off. Wow. Yeah, we were very, close. Very close. Yeah. That too, yeah, nice. Good prediction. And then for a collective Great. rating, I predicted 3.2. Hmm. A little optimistic there. Uh, TC predicted 2.5. And, and Cleve, you predicted 2. So oh, shit. Oh, man. I thought I barely. had it. Just Are you barely. sure we don't want to retroactively let Cleve no, up No, that's rating? okay. That's okay. That's okay. Because, uh, yeah, our collective was 2.2. 2. Yes. So that went to... To you. Me. Yeah, Just to you. Just barely. Yeah. So, um, we, so we each got one. Hey, yeah, we did. We each got one Look this at time. Us. And we were all... In each of ours, we were very close. So, uh... We do have some taglines for this one. Oh, yes. Please, enlighten uh, us. Enlighten us what our comments were. Do you say who did which? Yes. Uh, mine was, give me what I want, Hunter. Give me the apocalypse. 
Kind of. Nice yeah. Dave Batista reference. Yeah. Batista said fun premise, bad dialogue, stupid twist. Nailed it. The twist yeah. wasn't a twist, which is stupid. Yeah, I did. I, yeah. I did nail that. And Cleve, you said dumb. Nailed it. Which, uh, also, yeah. Yes, correct. Also correct. Nailed yeah. it in less words, frankly. We um. yeah we all we all sort of captured uh, the, the the correct spirit of that film. Yeah, call, call me Nostradamus. I thought a Night Shyamalan movie was going to be dumb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we had some additional comments here, predictions. Uh, I predicted that this will either be Cleve's favorite M. Night movie or the one that finally breaks him. And it was neither. It was nice, I mean, neither. Let's be real. Glass broke me. I've been broken. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. You say that, and then there's going to be a worse M. Night movie. We'll see. We'll, whatever you're he just, puts out next you're year. You're just dragging my corpse to the theater. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm the deadest of horses, and you just keep beating me. Yeah. <laughs> Cleve. I love you. Uh, Cleve, you just said nah. For your prediction for this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I just opted out. TC said, uh, Cleve will hate this the most out of the three of us, which was not true. Not true, actually, surprisingly. Yeah. You gave it the lowest yeah. rating, actually. Yeah, yeah that so, is that is surprising. Yeah, sense. I've, I've even bumped up my rating a little yeah. bit. I have less hate. Uh, just, just because I don't... Movie fucking sucked. Yeah, I, I no, it was alright. It was okay. It, it sucked, but like I, I was thinking about it, and... like. Outside of my opinions on M Night Shyamalan, if I if I was to if I'm to separate myself from that, I don't know if I need to for a score. But if I was, yeah, not that bad. It's okay. I, no, I I really I thought it was very okay. Oh, yeah. It was very okay. Anyway, it was just you know um, like a half a point of spite in there, so I'm, I'm willing to give that point back. No I, need I, to. I don't need to be spiteful. I don't need to be walking around. With no that need much to relitigate. We just did this last week. <laughs> um, what's looking forward? What's next week? Yeah. So next week, I want to open this question up to y'all. So technically, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey is out next week. There are no show times for it yet. In our area. Fuck it. Let's do we want to watch it, really? I, or do we want to skip it? I mean, at some point I'm going to Cover it, it later on VOD. We can cover it later. It's, you know... Is that something we feel like we need to see in theaters? No. I don't. Thank you. I'm, no, I'm, glad, okay. I'm glad we feel that way, honestly. Yeah. Well, I, I'm in agreement there. Um, I, I'm, I am still... Some sliver of me is open to it being a good movie, but... Like odds aren't good. Like I, can we can totally, we can absolutely watch it VOD. and yeah, talk about yeah, it later. Yeah. I think that's totally so fine. So in that case, uh, it's my pick. Ooh, and we're got? going to do a a weird underrated movie called Knock Knock. This is At the cabin. No, we, we just did that last <laughs> week, Ben. <laughs> Knock Knock is an Eli Roth movie. Uh, oh, okay. uh, pod favorite director Eli Roth. It's uh, it stars Keanu Reeves and oh. Ana de Armas in his sort of uh, horny take on funny games. Essentially, when did this come out? Uh, I don't know this movie at all. Twenty seventeen. Oh shit! Um, it's recent. What? It it has terribly low ratings. I think it is sitting. At like a two on Letterboxd, but I think it's it deserves much higher than that. Okay, and I'll explain why after we watch. Okay, it. interesting. It, yeah, I think it's a hidden gem, and you know, 
it deserves maybe even i'll say it now maybe it deserves to be a cult classic midnight movie okay Just putting that out there all right well we'll see we'll see tune in next week for not knock at the cabin but knock knock <laughs> at the cabin knock knock at the cabin is that the sequel sponsor time sponsor time let's make it quick because it's yeah. been a long one that's the cool thing about RoboCop. It's a dumb action movie, but like, there's a there's a lot to a talk lot to about. talk about. You know, like it's 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 rich. It's a good. It's a perfect fucking movie. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, unfortunately, this is a long sponsor. Or for oh, the shelf is glowing. It's getting mad at me. It's a wonderful long sponsor. We love our long sponsors here. We love we love sponsors. Uh, uh, this episode is uh, brought to you by a kind of fucked up looking baby that you have to pretend is cute. Next time you see that baby. Start pretending. Otherwise, the shelf will get angry. You know it needs blood. And baby blood. And it doesn't need excuses. So that's right. Once again, brought to you by kind of fucked up looking baby that you have to pretend. It's cute. Whomst among us has not been one of those situations. Thank you, humble listeners. Please do buy a product. Yeah, buy product uh, by you buy that product. I don't. I don't really know, but figure it out. Buy product by supporting us on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/PodPeoplePod. That yeah. is, we are a product. We are a byproduct of buying product. Exactly, and which is all very Robocop. If you buy the a byproduct of you buying product, is that you can suggest product. Goodbye, product. Goodbye, well, product. Creep is a byproduct. I am. Wow, look at that. B-I hyphen yeah. full, full circle. Well, shout out to our honorary pod boys, Sam Simon and Zach Confer. We thank them for their support as always. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at podpeoplepod and at letterbox.com slash podpeoplepod, where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews. I'm on Twitter at some spooky snake and streaming on Twitch at some spooky snake. Give me a subscribe. Give him a subscribe. Give me a subscribe. Give that boy a subscribe. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Sheets. You're a move creep. <laughs> I don't know if I want to specify that Ben looked at me and said that. Well, um, yeah, because it's your turn. Yeah. yeah. Uh, You're a move creep. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, Dead or Alive, come with me on a wonderful journey across all the games at Dread XP. Uh, there's lots of great oh, games there. Nice little... Uh, yeah, go nice to DreadXP.com or go to our Steam Steam page with all of our Steam things that you can Steam and play. That's Steamy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, go 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 check all of that stuff out. There's still... There's, there's Red Tape, there's Outsiders, there's... Uh, there's Creepshow, there's there's so many cool things that are that are going on right now. Uh, excuse me and you can you can enjoy and play all of them alright well thanks for listening but we have to go somewhere a crime is being committed 